Welcome to another episode of Local First Podcast. On today's episode, we have Executive Director of the Near West Side Partners, Keith Stanley. How are you doing today, Keith? Rob, I can't complain. It's a beautiful day. The sun is out. And so it was uh, nice to see the sun out during this uh, season. So I, I I appreciate you being here. It's taken me some time to get you on the show. I know I got to yes. hound you down. You're hard to get a hold of. Yeah, running around a little bit throughout the city of Milwaukee. Yeah, it's kind of tough. <laughs> yeah. So you know, let's uh, before we get into the nitty gritty and what you do over at the Near West Side Partners, um, let the listeners find out you know who you are and and you know give you a little bit about your backstory. No problem. Uh, Milwaukee native, born and raised in Sherman Park, uh, which is a neighborhood in Milwaukee, here in Milwaukee. Uh, I am the third uh, generation Sherman Parker. Uh, my father, grandfather came here in 1951, and he eventually worked his way up to move on Grant Boulevard as the uh, second black family to move on Grant Boulevard. My grand, my father moved uh, after the military moved to Sherman Park, and he lived across the street actually from Sherman Park. And then after I graduated from college, I moved about three blocks away from Sherman Grant Park. Boulevard. That's a beautiful yes, street. Yes, absolutely beautiful. Um, and so it was amazing. My grandfather just passed. He was ninety one years old. Um, wow. His uh, his funeral was on October six, and just he was a really good guy. And so it was good to see how how, how hard work got him and, 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 and where he's at. So that's a little bit of the background. I went to Rufus King High School, went to Alabama State University, which is a historical black college university, came back, worked for five years in corporate America, another five years for a nonprofit, um, three years for government, and now another five years working in the near west side. So you're, you're committed to community service. Yes, I think it's um, a valuable way to give back to the community and to, as I what I call, support the Sisyphean task uh, of progression of humanity. And so everyone uh, throughout history, you have those who say, you know, I want to focus in the area of how do we make and not, not only improve the lives of myself, but improve the lives of others. So, that's, that's awesome. Have you had a chance to get down to the new Phoenix building? No, I haven't. I'm three blocks away from there. I, I, that's why I asked. Uh, yeah, my goal is to get there. The staff and I were going to make a trip. I'm really excited the fact that it's happening in my backyard in my neighborhood. So it's I can't incredible. See it. it is. I, I've been there already a few times. You have. I have. You, you know Truman with the funky fresh. Yeah. So I had I to go get there. and support them. Do they also have coffee there? They do. They got coffee there. They got pizza. They got an herb shop. That's so in I, the. It's a incredible facility. So now where I'm going? Now, now I know where I'm going for Christmas shopping because I'm going to go right there and yeah. get, every, get everybody, get all the shopping out the way. <laughs> oh, no doubt. It, they did an incredible job after, you know, obviously what happened. So, I mean, mm -hmm. that's a really, really cool place to be. That so, is really exciting. It really is. So, tell tell the listeners a little bit about, the, you know, what you do at the Near West Side Partners and, and what is that all about? So, I know you hear it in the news, you see it in a paper, but, you know, most of the local people or even out here... Um, really don't know what it is. I, I mean, I lived down there for about six plus years yeah, now, and yeah. it's incredible what you guys are doing. So the Newest Side, uh, the Newest Side Partners represents the Newest Side in Milwaukee. There are seven beautiful communities. I'm going to see if I can name them all without missing anyone. We have Avenues West, a Cold Spring Park, Concordia, uh, Merrill Park, um, Pigsville, Miller Valley, and Martin Drive. You got it. Uh, and so these communities are absolutely beautiful, historic. They mean so much to the history and to the culture of the city of Milwaukee. 
uh, just west of downtown. We're not considered downtown, so some people think we're downtown, but we're not. We're west of downtown. Downtown actually starts uh, east of I-43. We're west of I-43. And so, Rob, we focus on those seven communities to really focus on two things, sustaining and revitalizing. We want to sustain what we have there, that is the architecture, the history, the culture, the heritage, but then revitalize what's what's some of the things that have gone lacking over the past few decades. We, you know, we want to make sure we focus on our commercial corridors, on our housing, focus on the uh, amenities that sometimes we're missing for residents and for people who want to live, work, and play there. So where do we go for grocery store, movie theater, coffee shop? So we want to re- revitalize that. So sustain and revitalize. And then the second component to that is then we focus on four areas, uh, how safety, housing, commercial corridor development, and branding of the neighborhood. We want to make it sure it's safe. We want to make sure there's quality housing, both rental and homeownership opportunities. We want to make sure that we focus on the commercial uh, aspects of our, our um, neighborhoods, specifically the businesses that are there and the businesses that we want to recruit to come there. And then finally, the branding. How do we brand a neighborhood? So I always give the example, Rob, of when I say places like Brady Street or Water Street or Mayfair Mall or Brookfield Square, what comes to mind? And so when I tell them people, so what, when I say the near west side, what comes to mind? Most people, they don't, they can't think of anything. And so our goal is to begin to brand in the image of our local community and for that matter, community at large around this state and around the country that when we see near here near Westside, you think of the Ambassador Hotel, the Rave, the Triple I Shrine Center, you think of a historic architecture and the Paps Mansion, you think of Miller Valley and the Anchor Institution. So that's in a nutshell what we focus on every day. <laughs> that's incredible. And it's it's just if you've never been in this neighborhood um, and you want to get a chance to take a look at it, drive through it. Not only that, um, every June we have a uh, historic home tour. So if you're interested in, you know, really getting to know the neighborhood even more, um, check that out. It's a historic uh, is it the historic Concordia neighborhood neighborhood, neighborhood tour? So it yeah. happens been for the past 30, 40 years, I think. Been uh, it's it's, my it's house, amazing. My house was on a tour a couple of years ago. But yeah. So you allowed a whole bunch of foreign people to, to come inside your home. Huh? Well, the, the, the agreement was that I needed a beer tent in the, my yard. And oh, so perfect. without the beer tent, I wasn't doing it. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm a little off the beaten path. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. You, that is true. That, so I want to make sure that you know people come. Come exactly. Yeah. Well, that's good though. Did it? Did they come? Oh yeah, I had over 250 people through the house that wow. day. Wow, it was incredible. Wow, yeah, that's amazing. Man. I'm glad you stepped up to the plate for that. Oh, I do. I, you know, with this, I mean, how long does the how long has your uh, partnership been around? Uh, we started at the end of 2014, uh, okay. and we incorporated the Neuroside Partners in November 2014. It was really amazing. And since then, we've um, been going strong. We announced in April of 20, 2015 our park program, Promoting Assets, Reducing Crime. And uh, since then, we've also announced a number of initiatives, number of, numerous initiatives, but one we're excited about is uh, – uh, September, early September this year, we announced uh, basically a partnership with Hackham and Marquette University. We were awarded a, a choice neighborhood pl- uh, implementation or planning and implement- implement- implementation grant for $1.3 million by uh, Housing and, Ur- and Urban Development, um, Department of Housing and Urban Development, HUD. And so that's really exciting. So we've been going strong since the end of 2014 with the partners. That's uh, Rural Healthcare, um, Harley Davidson, Marquette University, 
um, uh, Miller, Coors, and I'm missing my other one, Forest County, Pottawatomie. Forest County, okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. So during, since that time that you started or this partnership has started up, what has been some of the, uh, the challenges that you've had to overcome and what are some of the successes? Uh, a couple of challenges I think that are important, and I think these challenges, frankly, are what we see across the country um, when it comes to urban development, uh, perception. I think, uh, and it's understandable, people, you know, you hear things in the paper and on social media and on the news about uh, urban uh, cities or urban areas and cities about uh, crime, disorder, and things of that nature. And so people, the perception is so much sometimes larger than the reality. And Robbie, you would know that as a resident in the neighborhood that a lot of times people say, I don't know how people can, I I won't come to downtown Milwaukee at night. I'm like, if you're not going to come to downtown Milwaukee, you should never travel anywhere in the world. Right. If that is your barometer of being safe, um, don't go to New York. Don't go outside the country. Don't go to Paris. Don't go to Sydney, Australia. Don't even go to Hong Kong. Don't, because when we talk about what's happening in our communities, a lot of the stuff is mostly isolated incidents. Now, if you're looking for drugs, if you're looking for prostitutes, if you're looking for illegal activity, you're probably bound to get find some trouble. But if you're a regular resident looking just to have a good time at a bar, at a concert, at a club, listen to live music, uh, go to a Brewers game, go to a, um, uh, a NCAA game at Marquette University, you're, you're not, you're not going to find that type of trouble. Go to a play. And so we deal with this perception in the nervous side and how do we change it. And so we change it by just good stories. We share what's happening in the nervous side. We're not paying, painting lipstick on a pig. Some people say, well, what are there are issues that are, occur? Um, uh, we've heard some stats that, I mean, you're more likely to get your car broken into at Summerfest than you are at the Nervous Side. Um, the other thing is that people will talk about the drug use. Well, um, frankly, there are a lot more drug use problems now in the suburbs and rural areas than there are in our neck of the woods. And uh, so there are issues I just, and we want to be realistic about it, but at the same time, we want to make sure that the perception um, is handled correctly. And people know that we're a great place to not only to come have a good time, but also to invest. No so doubt. that's our it, challenge. That, that really is a challenge. And I, mm-hmm. when I tell people where I live, mm-hmm. I always get that, that look like, what? <laughs> but then I'll show them a picture of the house or of the neighborhood, yeah, and they're yeah. like, wow. And I would say, Rob, it's really interesting. And once again, I think you can relate to this. I, I would agree it's not for everybody. No. And so if you want to pick a fence and you want to sit on three, four, five acres, maybe city life and specifically the nearest side isn't for you. The nearest side may not also be for you if you believe in diversity, if you are scared of homeless people, if you are scared of folks who make less or make more than you, if you are scared of people who are disabled, or if you're scared of the LGBTQ community, because really most of our urban corridors, we are home to a lot of diverse folks. It's one of the most diverse neighborhoods I've ever lived in. And it's one of the neighborhoods that when you get involved and you connect with your neighbors, Mm. 
everybody knows everybody, Keith. I can walk down the block and talk to my neighbors that know me. During the summer, we cook out together. Yeah. I can walk down the street and have a glass of wine with someone else, and they know me. They're going to invite me to their house, and mm-hmm. we have events, and you can walk around. And where I used to live, over on you know 80th and Lisbon, 80th Burley, mm-hmm. I know the person next to me, I know the person next to me, and that was about it. That was it. You come down to where we are in, in that the, the west side of Milwaukee there, and it's a community. Wow. And we watch out for each other. Wow. And we look out for each other. That's it. It, it it's really yeah. I mean, people are so willing to help when you need mm-hmm. it. And you can call on people, whether it's on the list serve or give someone a call and mm-hmm. if they're available, they're gonna come and help you. Wow. And that's just, just I mean, I, it's I, community. Just, it, I just ran into that last week. My mm-hmm. car, I was down at, um, uh, I was down at the, was it the city, city hall or somewhere down mm-hmm. here picking up keys to go look at a property. Yes. And my car broke down. Oh, wow. So like, I, what I, the? I, I, I know, you know, but the thing was, I was like, you know, what am I going to do? And everybody I know is at work and I'm thinking, okay, who's around my neighborhood? Who's around? And I called my buddy up uh-huh. from um, behind me in the alley uh-huh. and he's a good friend, but he's also a mechanic uh-huh. and, you know, works in a neighborhood mechanic. Wow. And he came down, helped me try to jump my car and figure <laughs> it out and gave me a ride back home while my car was getting towed. And those See. are the type of things that we do for each other. And, and I don't, I, like I said, I've never been in an area that has been like this. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you have just about every nationality, yep. every color of skin, mm-hmm. everything, and it's and it go they go together so well. Mm. And everybody looks that's out for amazing. each other. So, and I, I I love that story. I think that's symbolic of the urban community, the urban dynamic, the fact that you have so many diverse people who are coming together to improve their lives but also be human enough and be compassionate enough to help others. Yeah. So what have been some of the successes over the last few years? So I know there's been quite a few. We are really excited to see what's happening in the near west side. A um, couple of things just off bat. One is that out of the top five negative impacting properties in the near west side, we've gotten rid of all five of them. Yes. So uh, just a couple of places. There was a, the, the former tobacco shop on twenty. Um, 7th and, and Kilbourne was just a disaster for the community as far as all the negative impacting activity that was occurring. We got rid of that. 2408 uh, West Kilbourne was a place that was pretty much set up like a, a hotel, Chicago, I, I mean, a California-style motel, yeah. which is really not good for our neighborhood, which pretty much has, <clears throat> everyone has their own individual act, entrance and, and the, just not a good setup. That was closed down. 2017 was Juno, which there was fungus and mold growing in the carpet, and people were getting sick. And the they tore that building down. Then they tore it down. Yeah. Tore it down. Um, 2701 West Wisconsin um, had tons of that call, criminal activity and tons of calls. It was a store that had a liquor license that was torn down. Uh, across the street from 2701 uh, used to be a former gas station. Had a ton of issues on 27th of Wisconsin on the northeast corner. Ton of issues that was torn down. Uh, 2835, we had about 100 and some calls a, uh, a year, 100 police calls a year. Was able to get that under control and work with a management firm to get that cleaned up. So we're slowly but surely addressing the real estate, some of the real estate that's causing problems, but also we be able to recruit. Um, 
options for those who are interested in a grocery option. We don't have the full line grocery, but we do have the Syndex Fresh to Go, small operation that can definitely help for those who don't have a large family. You can go in and get you your bread and get your simple, you know, items. We also have the Asian Moles Asian Food Market on 24th and Clybourne, an amazing uh, grocery store for many of our my. Um, uh, 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 Southeast Asian brothers and sisters and what's interesting about that and I really enjoy this Rob it's a cultural experience yeah. to go to these stores and see the duck hanging from the ceiling and see the tilap- fresh tilapia swimming in the it crabs is. it really and, it's so cool I, yeah. I, I've gotten introduced to so much new food yes <laughs> since living in this neighborhood that I would have never even looked at before I love it I I t- I love it. It's it's, it's awesome. That, was, that cultural experience is important, I think, because once again, people will say, "So what's so special about this urban these urban communities?" Well, if you don't, if you want everything to remain the same as far as your experience, there are places like that in across the state. But if you're interested in really connecting with people and getting the experience that you probably wouldn't have unless you went to the country. Uh, I, lo- I mean, I love to be able to go in my own neighborhood and walk and hear different languages and different, different smell different foods being cooked. Because to me, that's the life. That is that is the uh, spice of life to yeah. be able to try different things. And you may not like it; doesn't matter right. because tomorrow is another day. And you can try something else different. So. Exactly. There's always something new. What about the some of the new development that's happening in the area? I've seen yes. quite a bit up there uh, on State Street with the old theater and. Yes. Uh, um, um, on 27th and uh, I think it, what is it uh, Wells and on uh, Wisconsin Avenue there's a lot of new so stuff so we are encouraging Rob uh, development across the nearest side in many different ways so a couple of things you mentioned there one the State Street Theater we are so excited we have a group of folks behind this including residents uh, John Hennessy of the So High Building Allison Nimick of um, uh, Corm Architects behind the State Street Project we're, we're hoping to see that revive for those who don't know that was a big place. It was an electric ballroom for many years, and there was a lot of performers like Green Day and others who performed at that location. And I think for them to be able to revive it and to actually add components for youth and students to be involved is really exciting. We also have Rick Wiegand, who's doing work along 27th Street. He announced earlier this year the Extended Stay Hotel, the Ambassador Suites. Uh, he's working on that now. We've been able to recruit uh, Siebert Lutheran Foundation in the So High Building for with John Hennessy, and we have Daddy's, of course, one of the best soul food restaurants in the city of Milwaukee, if not the state. Um, and then um, there was our partners where we've compiled some land on 27th Wisconsin, hoping to attract a major catalytic development. So we're pretty excited about some of those real estate successes. That's awesome, awesome. I got to put a quick plug in here for Exacta Corporation, uh, one of my key sponsors here, helping us with this Studio One and the equipment that we're using to record this. Also, Trinity Healthcare out in New Berlin. Thank you guys so much for keeping the lights on. So what is the one of the things that um, you can go back and, and at, at a time where you said, you know, wow, mm-hmm. I'm really making a difference, yeah. either personally or through mm-hmm. the community that, you know, you can look back and go like, you know, this is really cool. Yeah, so there are always stories, Rob, that you kind of keep in your um, mental Rolodex of excitement and and of genuine um, uh, passion about the work that you do. Like, you know, this is this is why I do it. And so one story recently just happened. 
So um, each community, each of the seven communities in the Northwest Side has uh, an association attached to it. So for some of the associations, the residents lead it, and other parts of the associations, we actually staff um, the association. And so specifically, Avenues West Association is staffed by the Northwest Side Partners. Along with the Avenues West Association, we, um, the, the association, the Avenues West Association has uh, four luncheons a year at the Ambassador. Anyone is welcome to attend. So uh, just recently, recently we had a luncheon with um, the Rev Up competition winners. And for those who don't know, we do basically a, a, a Shark Tank style business competition in the Nervous Side. It happens every September. This is this uh, 2019 will be our fourth year. Uh, and the winner wins $10,000 in cash with about uh, another $20,000 in in-kind donated services. So one of the winners uh, at this recent, most recent Avenues West luncheon, one of the winners for the Rev Up competition began to speak. Um, his name is Pete Coney. Uh, shout out to Pete and his new business on 38th and Valley, um, Pete's Popsicle. Uh, and just a side note, Near West Side Partners have been able to recruit 24 new businesses in the Near West Side with this business competition and with our recruitment efforts for businesses. But anyway, Pete Coney, great guy. Um, we were we had a question, for, I believe, from the audience. If not, I think it was just from one of the moderators or from the moderator from the panel. Uh, the impact of uh, bringing new businesses to the community, Rob. And uh, Pete shared this very emotionally charged story of he the day before he opened he had six african-american i believe six african-american youth males who came to him and said asked him what he was doing he said oh, i'm gonna got this i got a new business i'm open up tomorrow and uh and he basically offered said, listen if you guys want to come uh and uh come in tomorrow and if you want to work i see you at 11 o'clock and so all six of them got there at 10:30 the following day and was been working with him ever since and just the uh, and he choked up a little bit and then the audience I mean, it was just a, a impactful story because the we thought of all the splash and all the big names and all the folks involved having an impact of having these young men from the community have an opportunity to work and so people will say all the time rob that uh you know poor people People of color, specifically African American, specifically African American men, lazy, low IQ, you hear it all. But then when you hear the story that if once given an opportunity, once just give me the opportunity, you don't have to do the affirmative action thing, you don't have to do, just give me the opportunity, treat me like anybody else, and I have the opportunity to prove myself on my merit, on my work ethic, and to, for him to share that story. Now I'm adding a lot more than probably what he attended, intended to add, but just for the fact of hearing that story, I think that's what's powerful for me, Rob, is that all, out of all the stuff that we do, there's actual real impact of helping people get jobs, um, open up businesses, get better quality housing. Uh, that's important. That is. That's, yeah. that's so cool, and yeah. that's going on every day yep. where we live. So that that's really Really cool. All right, let's uh, let's see what we get here. So, if there was someone, just say, say a young man that mm -hmm. wants to get involved in a community, what advice, or a young man, young woman, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. what advice would you give them if they wanted to, I guess, um, follow into your footsteps or want to do something similar in, in their neighborhood? Well, um, 
I mentioned earlier before we got started, I'm actually trying to put trying to put my thoughts in a book, and I'm working on it. I got a ways to go. Um, however, uh, first of all, I would question anybody who's interested in getting in this. Um, and the rational being, I share my story real quickly. I think if if I probably if I was African American, I probably would not be doing this. I think that sometimes, specifically African Americans can say, well, hey, how can I help my community out? And they see a person like myself or see an elected official or she will say, and they will see somebody in that um, position line who may, have a po- who may have a positive effect on the community. Well, that's what I need to do. And I push back a little bit. I say, no, that there's many ways to give back to your community and support your community. So I would just question whether passions lie and would say, I mean, because if a businessman can really give back to community. A person that, you know, I take some of the extremes, but a Bill Gates, uh, Jeff Bezos, uh, those folks can have a tremendous impact on the community. And even local, locally here, some of our, um, you know, large uh, philanthropists who've given to schools and universities and, you know, you know, think about the foundations we have. And so I would say that if you really want to do this, you have to understand that you have to sometimes if not all the time, love people who don't love themselves, focus on the needs of, of, of many and trying to prioritize what's important. So I would just recommend a person who wants to go into the work of, of doing community development, economic development, that you have a sincere heart. And there's other ways of a, a t- tackling that problem. Uh, I don't know if they're skinning that cat. I don't know if they use that term anymore, but there's other ways to skin that cat. cat, Where that you may, opening up a business to me can be just as positive as starting a nonprofit. Right. You know, you know, I say, or or being, instead of saying, I'm going to do low income housing, just buy property, fix them up, and rent them to good people and make sure that they're good, clean, quality, livable units. You're making money and uh, you have community members who can live in a quality place. So um, that'd be the first thing. I think then the second thing is that if there's something that you really want to do, you got to put the press, put your feet to the metal um, and work really hard and grind. Um, I shared a story with some students recently this week about uh, Kevin Hart. We all know who Kevin Hart is. I watched a video because I'm a YouTuber and I like watching videos on YouTube. Uh, Kevin Hart grinding earlier this year, you know, up at four in the morning, working out, going to a press junket at 6 a.m., not getting home to not eight, nine, ten o'clock at night. And that's Kevin Hart. I don't know how much he's worth, 100, 200, 300, 400 million. I don't know. And he's grinding. For anyone to say that I want to help this community out and then and expect a 40-hour week, uh, you might as well do something else. It's just not, it's just not how it works. If you want to really be successful, you got to, Got to get your grind on, man. You got to get out there. And it's not what people think. And we're just sitting in front of a computer. Grinding is, you know, I got to go meet elected officials. I got to go out and make sure that I'm relevant so people know when a new program, a new initiative, or some new funds come. Oh, you know, I just met this guy named Keith at a meeting the other day. Or he was getting out there and getting your face known, getting your card out there is important. So knowing where your passions lie, grinding. And the last thing I say, being consistent. One thing I run into, which I don't like, is a lot of people who want to do the work that I do or be a part of community economic development. They're the blade of grass that gets that gets cut and get withered and you never hear from them again. So people come to me all the time, Keith, I want to start a nonprofit, I want to do this. Um, six months down the road, I don't hear from them again. And it's not me to chase after you. It's not my job to chase after you. To, how can I help you? 
This is your business, your idea, your opportunity, your desire. You got to grind. Hey, Keith, I know I sent you an email. I want to follow up on the email and talk. No problem. But I think it's important to be consistent. I'm focusing on this project. I'm focusing on these resources. And uh, lastly, and I'm blabbing here, but I have an understanding. You know, people come to me and I keep, I need money. Well, you're coming to a nonprofit saying you need money from us. <laughs> <laughs> or they go to the government. I need money. It just doesn't work that way. And yeah. it doesn't. And so the business model for most nonprofits, I try to explain, and someone explained it to me, is that you're making a product. You're, someone else is paying for a product that they would never use. So the nonprofit business model is different and unique from anyone else in that with Nike or with Coke, you are selling a product that that person will use. They're going to run in those shoes or play basketball in their shoes. They're going to drink that Coke. In the nonprofit world, I'm asking someone else to buy the Nikes or buy the Coke for someone else. In the nonprofit world, Keith Stanley is going to different funders and say, listen, can you support a program that's going to help us with our housing initiative, our safety initiative? You're not going to benefit from this. So I think people who want to be a nonprofit need to understand that. So They'll be able to tell that story and, and get the people involved and commit exactly. it and like that. So what is, what's the one or two things that's really got you fired up about the near west side mm-hmm. coming up in the next few years? Uh, I'm excited about the intersection of 27 Wisconsin. I think we're going to have some big news, hopefully some big news coming out of that intersection on the next six months, six to eight months. <clears throat> I just think it's important. The other thing, too, I think, which I'm really excited about, as a housing initiative. We just launched it this in the past two weeks, uh, our Live, Work, and Play housing initiative. Thanks to Associated Bank and to the Neuroside Partners Anchor Institutions, we were able to raise um, over $30,000 for those who, who work in the neighborhood and who want to live in the neighborhood. There's funds that they can access to help them purchase a home. And it's important for us because people say, why would you do that? Why would people who work here, why do you want them to live here? Because that's what community is about. To have people who live in, the, who work in this neighborhood and say, you know what, this is a great neighborhood. I want to plant my roots and live here, whether it's a giant Queen Anne Victorian home in Concordia, <laughs> uh, or whether it's a small duplex or whatever. In or Merrill some of those Park little smaller or, cottages. Yeah. Right there. There's so many There's cool so many, houses yeah. There. I, I, um, I think it's a great way for us to solidify a stronger neighborhood because now the people who work there begin to live there. And there's a lot of people that work in that area. That's true. There's thousands of people that, that work in that area. We have about we estimate about thirty thousand people working in there with side. Yeah. You know, if you think about not just the large anchor institutions, but places like AT and T, the Rave, the Ambassador. Um, um, all the businesses along, along Marquette area, right. um, University, along 35th Street, Wisconsin Kitchen Mart, you know, um, the yep. Humane Society. Miller, Harley. Exactly. Uh, Forest County Pottawatomie with, with their Pottawatomie Business Development Corporation yeah. campus, the Gamma Campus, right. where Concordia used to be. So there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah. yeah. And it's just going to keep getting better. Well, I believe, totally believe that. In fact, I tell people if you can envision this, if you were to create a smile around downtown, not where the lake is, where Lake Michigan is, but the opposite side, you create a half a circle or a smile. And you think about Summerfest around downtown uh, on the land side, not the lake side again. You create this smile where downtown is the eyes and the, and the adjacent neighborhoods is the smile. The last neighborhood to be revitalized is the nearest side. 
the last neighborhood to to see the six billion dollar investment impact is the newer side. And so I'm excited the fact that people. I mean, we see from my um, a couple blocks from my office, you can see the Bucks Arena. A couple blocks from my office, you can see all the development downtown. And yeah. for anybody who's situated into real estate and investment, to know that. You're blocks away from over $6 billion worth of development. And so I just know the nearest side is, is on its way. And just to all the indicators point to being a neighborhood for everyone. It's a neighborhood of choice for everyone. For I, those I, I with low it. income, middle income, Come high on. income, anybody is anybody, welcome. Yeah. yeah, and I love it. Like you said, I can look out my front door and I got the new Bucks Arena right down the block. Right, from, yep. Uh, yeah, they gave me a new street and sidewalks. <laughs> yeah, exactly, they did. That's right. They did. <laughs> Thank you, Monkey Bucks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how do, how does the listeners, um, if they want to get in contact, with you find out more about the New West Side Partners? I mean, uh, I know you send out your uh, newsletters on a regular basis. You know, how they get, uh, oh, get in touch uh, with you? Uh, a couple of things. One, definitely the social media is always important. I would say definitely visit us on Facebook. You also can visit us on Twitter. And it's all at New West Side or at New West Side Partners. Um, also, uh, you mentioned the uh, e-newsletter. I'm happy if those of you go to our website, which is near West Side, M-K-E, near West Side, M-K-E dot org, near West Side, M-K-E dot org. You can go and you can sign up for our newsletter. And ultimately, um, call me anytime, 414-933-0640. That's 414-933-0640. I'm happy to be able to talk with you about the opportunities for investment, the opportunities to get involved if you're a resident, business owner, or person that works in the neighborhood. All right, very good. So now the the next segment here is the last part of this, and we're going to do some rapid-fire questions for you, Keith. Before we do that, you get to ask me one question, anything that you would like, and I will do my best to try and answer. Uh, How do you like living in the near west side? I love it. I I, I truly love it. Um, When I first bought that house as a foreclosure, I think like seven years ago or something like that, and... Uh, used to drive by and used to tell mm-hmm. my wife, you know, that in Lupita, and I was like, you know, there's our house. And she'd look at me and she'd be like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, because it wasn't as the state it is now, but. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> what? You know, what? You know, what, what why? What? I'm going, it, you, like you said, you got to have that vision. That's right. And, and when I walked through that house, it had so much character. And then mm-hmm. I got the land to go with it and the location. Mm-hmm and everything else, and then I met with the neighbors. Wow. And it was just something like that. And then I think it was 2014, she goes, kick out the tenants, go fix it up, we're moving in. So did you do all the work yourself? Most of it, yeah, most of it. We, I mean, it was it was pretty bad inside. Wow. So I we, give you a lot of credit. Yeah, I t- try to be a handyman, but I Well, I didn't, I didn't do a lot of work. I hired people. Oh. Yeah, it took me a month of uh, contractors and clean out and everything else. And uh God. And uh, made it our home, and we love every inch of it. It's beautiful, man. I drive past it quite a bit, so it's a beautiful home. Yeah, and you know, and the one thing that really, you know, was kind of uh, um, through the years as we're building our gardens and the vegetables that we share with the neighbors, and you get people that came out after we moved in, our neighbors, uh, Linda and uh, Kay, and mm. you know, all the others, and all they're like, "Thank you, thank you for coming in mm. and taking this." land over in his house because even though I owned it I didn't realize what the tenants were doing yeah. and I heard those stories and I'm like yeah, wow. wow I'm sorry dude wow you know but 
I love it. I, I, I don't drink, but I'm going to have to grab a six-pack of something and uh, spend some time over at your house oh, if, you, if you would allow me. <laughs> anytime you see me out there, you're free to stop by. You know that, Keith. All right, it's my turn. We're going ahead. Uh, a couple questions here. Okay, what topic would you speak about at a TED Talk on something outside of your expertise? Oh, that is an excellent question. Uh, I probably, I've been exploring this idea, and I'm going to try to do a rapid fire on this. I'm exploring this idea about the warrior class. I'm really interested in understanding on how America, uh, it, 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 its narrative on different the different warrior classes when it comes to different uh, groups of people, specifically communities of color versus other groups. And I would love to explore that and have a do a TED Talk on that. That's cool. That'd, that'd be interesting. I'd watch that. <laughs> what is something that you believe that other people think is insane? Oh, that is interesting. Well, I'm definitely not a flat earther because I believe the earth is round. <laughs> <laughs> so please forgive me who somebody who believes in the earth is flat, but I don't yeah, believe that. Anyway. <laughs> uh, you know, here's one thing that I think people think I'm insane. I, uh, I believe in voting. I think is the, I believe in our uh, American democracy, but I would not put it as high, high priority as some people would think. Um, I should. And I think we should do it, but I think we put too much emphasis on voting as a way of changing our lot in life. And I think it's really getting down to the nitty gritty of a person want, wanting more out of life and figuring out how to accomplish that. And I think that starts with community. You're right. It, and it starts You're with right. the neighborhoods. You can't rely on your government, whether mm -hmm. it's local or federal or whatever level that exactly. you're talking about, you can't. To, to make changes for you. You can't. And I think we're, but the thing is, I think people are sold into believing that. So people trying to somebody knocks on my door, Keith, you got to vote. If you want your neighborhood to change, you got like, don't say that. Tell me it's good to vote because it's a good thing to do as an American citizen and it helps with democracy, but don't tie it to change in the community. So people say, well, if you look at history, yes, there's been some examples where people voted and got together and made change. But ultimately, for your kids and for your wife and your spouse's sake and for your mother and your father and your nieces and nephews and aunts and uncles and all your community, that power is rest in your hands and your ability to figure out in a sophisticated way, what makes sense to me invest in to support the needs of my loved ones. So yeah. I, I, I understand it, but people will probably will fight me on that one. Yeah. So and I, I, I agree with you. And in you know. regardless of where you live or where you're at, mm -hmm. reach out to your neighbors, say hi. Yep. And just, you know, whether they're moving in or you haven't seen them in the past, just reach out and say hi and let them know that you're there and, and you're looking out for them. That making and, that connection. Making that connection. And that's just been huge. And, um, any, la any ask for the audience or any last parting words? I would say this. I would in implore um, the audience, the listening audience, to uh, whether it's here in the city of Milwaukee or whether they reside, that they take a look at some of our urban communities. There's a reason why millennials have come back to the city. There's a reason why empty nesters are coming back to the city. Um, and don't put as much stock uh, as what you hear and even see on television. Yeah. Um, because there's a different world that people want to um, want to um, use as a narrative to say what the urban communities look like and how the experience of urban communities. When the really cool, unique places with their own problems. And there's so many so hidden cool. you know, so many hidden gems yes. in, in the Milwaukee. I just found out about Victory Gardens this past summer. Yeah, oh, Victory Gardens. It's and, amazing. And, well, I was, we were there. <laughs> yep, yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. I bet you that's there. Right. That's, and I like, that's right. <laughs> and, and, you know, just things like that, that, and they're everywhere. That's right. 
And, you know, and they're doing. So, so I just will say this. So and I know we got to wrap this up. But I want to say that what's important to me is that I use the metaphor and I'm always using metaphors and some of them are pretty bad. And so this one might be bad, too. So please forgive me. But people will use uh, will say the cities are just they take the worst of our cities and the worst stories of our cities and paint it as the whole entire city. Right. So if I was to meet a African-American who did something to me, stole or whatever. And say, well, all African Americans like that. Or if I was to meet a person, uh, one of my white brothers and sisters, and they treated me with a racist way, I don't say all of my white brothers and sisters are racist. But for some reason, some person has a bad experience in the city. Well, the city is just a terrible place. Just because one thing happened to you, now you write off the city. We don't do that to people. We shouldn't do that to people. We shouldn't do that to communities. We shouldn't do that to families. If you have a crazy aunt or uncle, I don't say, well, that whole entire family is crazy based off of your uncle's action. I would say, well, no, that was an isolated incident with your uncle. Now, of course, people could say, well, look at stats and look at this. Stats are, can be used either way. Yes, they if can. If that's the case, then most people are committing uh, white-collar crime. We know what they look like. Most people are committing mass shootings. We know what they look like. But we still don't say we should lock up all those people. Right. Um, so I just think that uh, if you can, if my part of words would be just take each community, um, each experience as its own experience and be careful about generalizing and stereotyping people and communities. Keith, it's been great. I bet, like I said, I've been waiting for this conversation. Yes. And it's really cool to, and we're going to get this out there and so people can listen to it and, and reach out. And again, let's carry this conversation offline, online, social media, Facebook, yes. Twitter, and, and keep this going because uh, we have a really cool thing going in the near west side and if you haven't been there come check it out there's so much to go we got some of the best restaurants we got some of the best hotels we even got some of the best schools in the city that's right right in our neighborhood so um, rob you know the story i know the story (laughs) hey I, i live it every single day thank you so much keith thank you